Hi, this is Chuck Wolf, and you're listening to the Emotion Roadmap, Take the Wheel and Control How You Feel on WPKN 89.5, listener-supported community radio. And I'm pleased to have with me this morning a guest I'm going to tell you a little bit about in a moment, uh, John Woods. He is a national ambassador for a group called Braver Angels. And I'll say a little bit about them in a moment, but I also want to talk about them in context with what I've been trying to do on the radio show. Those of you who are regular listeners know that the goal of the show is to help people with challenging situations that involve emotions, strong emotions. A lot of us have difficulties uh, sometimes solving problems. Really good, excellent critical thinkers struggle at times when strong emotions are involved, either inside yourself or with somebody that you're dealing with. You're worried about emotions escalating or just what emotions you might create, depending on what you're going to say or do. So the show has been focused in part in recent years on politics because it's been so toxic in so many families and among friendships that people have stopped talking to each other in many cases. And as a way of helping people to control their emotions, to do more emotionally, to have more inner peace with their ability to manage their emotions, I have looked for ways to help individuals who call in at times. Other times I've had guest speakers on who introduce what I think is really helpful information uh, that really relates to many of us in terms of helping us to be more effective at dealing with challenging situations involving strong emotions. And some of you have heard me talk in the past about a group called No Labels that I've been very active with in the last few years. One of the things that's happened in No Labels, which, is, which has a mission, by the way, to create bipartisanship, and in creating bipartisanship in, with elected officials, No Labels has had a major um, impact on this group that's called the Problem Solvers Caucus, who many people didn't know about, but in recent months have learned about. This is a group of people who are elected representatives in the House of Representatives who come in as partners to this caucus. You can't come in alone. You have to come in with a partner from the other party. So you have to be a Republican coming in with a Democrat or a Democrat coming in with a Republican. And when you come in, you sign a pledge. And the pledge is about a willingness to support good, effective legislation that 70% of the people in the caucus believe is the right legislation for the country. And at least 50% of the Republicans and at least 50% of the Democrats all agree that this is a good piece of legislation worth voting on. And the reasons that's important is because sometimes a party, whether it's Democrats or Republicans, might be telling their members not to vote for that legislation for party reasons, for political reasons that go against the country's best interest. And so it's really hard for people to stand up and have the courage. But by coming in as a, as a, as a group, and now they have as many as 56 members. And this group, along with some senators who have a different way of working together, but they're, they, they also are working collaboratively across the aisle, were the ones responsible for the most recent COVID package. Some of you, many of you may remember um, Joe Manchin, Susan Collins and others, and Josh, Josh Gottheimer from the House of Representatives and Tom Reed from the House of Representatives, a Democrat and a Republican, standing up and speaking in December saying it's unconscionable to go home without some kind of support package for the American people. They're in dire need and it's, it, just, it just is the wrong thing for us to go home. Their leaders in both parties did not support their efforts. This was a groundswell and they got people to pay attention and they got something passed. And, and that's why they're, known, they're, they're more well-known today than they have been in the past. Well, No Labels is a group that has actively supported getting people together and forming this initial caucus and now these bicameral meetings with House and Senators who are working across the aisle. 
So I've been promoting them on my radio show because I, I think if you feel like you want to make a difference and you feel kind of helpless as an individual, but you want to be part of an organization, feel free to contact me if you want to join No Labels. You can reach me at my email. Many of you know it, but I'll give it again. It's cjwolfe at cjwolfe.com. So No Labels has been out there doing this work with the representatives, but there's also a group that I more recently discovered in the last couple of years called Braver Angels. At one point, they were called Better Angels. And the Braver Angels is a group that has a mission that's aligned with bipartisanship in a way, but it's more about civility and respect about people talking with each other who they categorize sometimes as red and blue, red being Republican typically, blue being Democrat, um, I guess there's purple too, <laughs> but, the, but the idea of people who are on opposite sides being able to talk to each other. And I thought, this is really what I was going after when I first started with this, because I just think family is so important. It's really, really sad when family members have stopped talking to each other and, and really don't, 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 aren't willing to raise a conversation about how they're feeling about things that are important to talk about in terms of the direction the country is taking, because they're afraid that things will get worse between them, or they've actually stopped talking altogether. And I know of friendships that have broken up. I've actually talked about that on other shows. But Braver Angels has as its mission, it seems to have people be able to talk to each other, even when they disagree, strongly disagree, and yet also strongly respect each other and be very civil with one another. So. As a member in No Labels, I had been working very actively in a group that was focused on media support for the No Labels group as a volunteer. We're doing other things now too. But I ran across the name of John Wood and John's, John's background is really fascinating. We had a wonderful chat the other day and I'm gonna ask him to share some of that with you today. Uh, but he was working in part with media, but he's also the, the Braver Angels National Ambassador. And so I thought it'd be great to have him on to talk to you and to introduce to all of our listeners what Braver Angels purports to do and how successful they, they are. I, I actually had, a, I sat in on a meeting the other night that had 4,500 people on a Zoom call. I mean, it was remarkable how many people attended and people didn't drop off. It was extremely powerful. It was also shortly after the horrific events of January 6th, but there was an, it was an amazing presentation. And I heard a couple of amazing speakers and perhaps along the way, I'll share a little bit about that. But I don't wanna wait any longer. I wanna just introduce John to you and ask John to, if he'll tell us a little bit about his story, how we got connected to No Labels and, um, excuse me, how we got connected to, Brave, to Braver Angels. And, and, and then we'll, we'll roll into what Braver Angels is and what their past is, their present and what their future's about. So John, thanks so much for being here with us. And I appreciate you taking the time today and, um, you're up. Can you start with telling us what thing, what seems to be most relevant to you as you're listening? Yeah, absolutely. Chuck, thank you very much, first of all, for having me on the show. Um, and uh, yeah, pleased to have gotten to know you a little bit going into this and um, your, your, your framing about um, sort of the importance of our being able to regulate our emotional and psychological centers as a way of navigating difficult conversations and imparting that skill set and that foundation to others really does speak to what it is um, we seek to do at Braver Angels. And so I'm hoping we can get into that a bit. But um, how did I get uh, involved with Braver Angels to begin with? So that's, that is a long story. Let me give you an abbreviated version that sort of wraps up some of my biography. Um, I come from a sort of, uh, I guess you could say, a, 
uh, a biracial, a bipartisan, and multicultural um, family. Uh, my mother is a liberal black Democrat from inner city um, Los Angeles. My father's a conservative um, white Republican from Tennessee. Now, dad didn't become a Republican until later in life, uh, but he was always sort of the traditionalist in our family, raised me to focus on the importance of traditional American values, so on and so forth. There are a number of conservative themes that came my way by way of my father. Uh, my mother came from a very different uh, experience, different generations, so on and so forth. Um, my father's family was very wealthy. Uh, my mother's family has many, many success stories, but comes from much sort of more humble, uh, humble roots. And so I grew up at the intersection of, you know, sort of socioeconomic um, forces, I guess you could, I guess you could say. And so I grew up very interested in politics, thought of myself very much as sort of a liberal uh, Democrat and was an activist in, in high school, worked very hard for Barack Obama's campaign in 2008. I believed in the idea of hope and change as being very much about creating sort of a post-partisan, post-racial America, if you will. So after Obama was elected, I took it upon myself to start um, to start uh, studying conservatism, to start reaching out to Republicans. And after doing that for some time, after reading books I'd never read before, Wealth of Nations, Atlas Shrugged, and some other things happened. I sort of went through a religious conversion, got married um, to a woman from a traditional sort of Black Baptist background, moved to a military town. My friends were soldiers, joined a faith-based community for the first time in my life. I looked up one day and I realized, you know, on a list of 100 issues, I'm sort of a, a bit right of center on maybe 60, uh, 62 of them or so, and uh, made me realize, you know, I guess I'm a bit of a conservative myself, which was an uncomfortable uh, feeling <laughs> because, you know, the idea of being a liberal Democrat was so close to my, my sense of identity. But the thing that had not changed in me was the desire to be a part of building a bridge between left and right, black and white. I still wanted to do that. That was unchanged. I remained sort of inspired by what I considered to be Obama's message in that original campaign. And so I thought, how can I be a part of the conversation? I made a decision to run for Congress um, when we moved um, back to Los Angeles, we had moved to Colorado. Uh, my wife was at Fort Carson in Colorado Springs. We ultimately moved back to Los Angeles. Uh, I ran for Congress against Maxine Waters in 2014. That's how I got my start in politics. And I ran very much as a hope and change Republican, if you can believe that. I was a person who had a more conservative kind of policy agenda, but you know the, the idea of sort of emphasizing that this isn't a, a red or blue America or black, white or Latino America as much as it is the United States of America, that was very much sort of my, sort of my message. And I got to tell stories from my family, both sides of my family, as a way of making that real for people, as a way of humanizing, you know, um, uh, the faces of people on both sides of that divide. And so I tried to bring that perspective to partisan politics and I didn't have a lot of luck. I was elected vice chairman of the Republican party of uh, Los Angeles uh, in, I guess it was 2000, late 2014, was there for about a year and a half or so. Um, really got to see a lot of internal kind of nastiness in the GOP and I'm sure it would have been the same in the Democratic party. Um, when the sort of, you know, when the Trump movement came into town, that that was sort of my, sort of the last signal I needed that, you know, the things I'm trying to do are probably not best done in this space. And so I set about um, launching a digital media network that was meant to sort of highlight voices from across the spectrum, um, people who uh, disagreed about politics, but who agreed about how we ought to treat each other in politics. 
Um, had some headaches trying to get that going, but learned a lot about what it would take to be able to message sort of a, 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 a narrative of shared American identity that could bring folks together. And um, about a, you know, a certain amount of time into that project, a friend of mine who, I, who um, was a volunteer with no labels at the time actually, uh, pointed out to me the existence of a group called uh, Better Angels. And when I looked at Better Angels, I saw, I saw an organization that espoused the values I believed in, the idea that democracy Ultimately, our political culture is strengthened by our ability to achieve empathetic and personal connection with each other. They were creating the space in local communities for people to dialogue across their differences and to continue in relationship with each other. Um, all things that were so needed in my, in my view, but they seem to not be thinking too much about YouTube and social media and creating content and so forth to amplify that culture. So I kind of brought that idea uh, to Better Angels. I, I drove down with my friend, Luke Phillips. Uh, we, we, uh, we drove down to participate in the workshop in San Diego, met the founders of Better Angels, David Blankenhorn, Bill Doherty, Peter Yarrow, Peter, Paul, and Mary, who's a friend of the organization. He was there at that workshop. And, um, you know, told David a bit about my uh, idea for the media side of things. Um, and uh, we had a few more conversations and ultimately uh, they brought me on to sort of help build out the media presence of Better Angels. I stepped into sort of a spokesman type role, an ambassador role for the organization, interfacing with uh, going on radio shows, podcasts, television and whatnot, talking about the work of the group, the larger movement towards creating reconciliation in the country. And the rest, as they say, is, uh, is history. Um, I came on board in officially in spring of 2018, and even though it's only January of 2021, Chuck, that feels like it was a couple of lifetimes ago, <laughs> given everything that's happened to us as a country uh, between right. then and now. But yeah, uh, that but that's the that's the arc of the story. Well, I guess before we jump to Braver Angels and and some of what they're doing, um, so some thoughts as I as I listen to you tell your story, John, it seems to me um, you are the bridge, right? <laughs> I mean, just what just what you've lived, who you are, how you came about, how you came into being, um, and, and my guess is you're. Are you having to use your skills within your family units and across the different groups of communities that you belong to? I, I imagine you're, you're tasked to do that on occasion. Mm. Well, you know, I've always sort of operated as something of a translator and interpreter sort of, you know, across, across cultural and other divides. And, and yeah, I mean, that's always been just sort of a function of how I grew up. Um, just sort of the need to do that in part as a means of perhaps finding a greater sense of understanding who I was. I mean, you know, my, my parents' marriage uh, did not did not last. They, they separated when I was fairly young. And, it, you know, it didn't have really anything to do with politics per se, but the cultural sorts of differences between folks like my mother and my father that inform our greater political divisions in America were very much present, you know, in the friction of, of the home I grew up in, you know. And, um, I mean, I can remember sort of being, um, it's sort of, I guess, a sad thing to say, but I can remember being a little kid and both, my parents are both, you know, strong, forceful personalities. And I can remember them sort of, you know, arguing and screaming at each other and 
in the living room and I can remember being, you know, three or four years old and sort of running in the middle of them and putting my hands on my ears and, and screaming at them, you know, shouting, stop shouting at each other, you know, shouting at them to stop shouting at each other. And uh, <laughs> somebody uh, sort of provoked that memory in me uh, not too long ago. And I, when I told the story, I realized, well, I guess I've sort of been doing that ever since, haven't I? Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, um, you know, I'm a person who has been blessed to be fairly able to walk into very different uh, cultural environments and relate to people. Um, because I have perhaps such a spectrum of perspectives and starting points in my family that it's not, it's never been too terribly difficult for me to see the humanity in folks. But part of what I guess also came with that was a real valuing of listening, the act of listening uh, and trying to listen deeply, you know, not just listen to, you know, what's the technical meaning of the words that this person is speaking but you know what is what is the emotion? What is the feeling uh, that is carrying the words that are being spoken here? You know, and and how does that tell me more about what this person, where this person is coming from, and who this person is? Um, and how should that inform how it is I communicate in in response, right? Um, and so you know that way of being, I think, was cultivated in me, sort of early on because I was never carrying just one cultural language or the other with me. I, I always had sort of different narratives operating in my mind kind of at all times because my mother's world is very different from my father's world. My mother's way of explaining the world, explaining reality, very different from my father's and, and vice versa. And so I always had to compare back and forth. And, and you know, comparing between the perspectives and worldviews of people who I loved dearly, who were the people responsible for my existence. And so I could never be too partial really in any, in any direction. Um, and so, yeah, that, um, you know, that way of moving through life was with me, I think, before I realized that perhaps it was somewhat distinct in, in, in some ways maybe. Um, so yeah, I, that, <laughs> that's, the, that's the imagery there. Yeah, so it seems like uh, it, sometimes some of the things that happen to us as children, I think, get to be played out later on in life in terms of the lives that we that we choose to leave. I, I know, as you talked about your family, I, I won't say much about this, but I will say that in my own family, my parents loved each other. They did stay together, but they fought a lot. And one of the things that I noticed when they fought was they didn't really hear each other. They didn't, I mean, the, you know, across the words were, were, were messages. There was love there. And there was and there was misunderstanding, and I, I, even as a young kid, I was able to tie, try to tease out that hey, wait a minute, you're not really hearing each other. No, they didn't always listen to me either, <laughs> yeah. but but I was there trying, and and that's actually what I've been doing ever since in some ways. Um, well, okay, let's talk a little bit about Braver Angels then. So, in terms of the the organization itself, in your role of national ambassador for them. Um, what's the, what's the sort of like the, the the elevator speech, if you will? What what do you say to people when they want to know? So, what is Braver Angels? What do they do, and why do they matter, and why should I care? I guess. Sure, right. Well, the elevator speech is this: So, Braver Angels is the largest grassroots bipartisan organization in America, um, working on working on the issue of political polarization or working towards political depolarization. But when we say um, depolarization, we really mean something a, a little bit more than just tamping down on the hostility. Uh, what we mean is creating a sense of shared, uh, unearthing a sense of, of 
deeper American values and shared American identity in an effort to renew the spirit of democracy, really, uh, in a way that allows us to begin looking at democracy and politics, generally speaking, as a project within which we move through our relationships to achieve the common good, right? Uh, and so that begins, therefore, with tending to our relationships. Uh, we see, a, we see a, a distinct and vital connection between the health of the relationships that exist between the American people, uh, between you and your parents, uh, you know, uh, between husbands and, and wives, uh, neighbors, classmates, people in the workplace, um, you and your pastor, whatever the case may be, that there is a direct relationship between the health of our relationships and the health of our institutional society, right? Uh, and the reason for that is because our institutions, one, they are all made up of people who are in relationship with each other. And the question is simply, are those relationships working? Are they functional? Are they based on a certain degree of respect, understanding, and most importantly, trust? Um, or are they not? Are they based on distrust? Are they rooted in a sort of animosity and an and, and unwillingness to understand or, or really take into account the emotional starting points that motivate uh, people on the other side of a given question, the moral foundations that are operative in people's thinking and actions on the other side of the question. If it's the former, if there is a fabric of trust that exists between people, regardless of their differences, then people operating in the institutions and you know in the sort of structures and machinery of American life, we may come to points at which it becomes difficult for us to agree on particular things, but we will nevertheless play by the rules. We will nevertheless operate in a way to where we contribute to the integrity of the workings of Congress, the workings of the court, the media uh, will, will operate in a way that is more, more intellectually honest and fair-minded. We will be invested in the larger integrity of the workings of our institutions because we will agree that there are certain metrics for progress and stability for success in our society that go beyond whether or not one partisan group wins an argument today or the other, but that is reflected in our ability to continue to have the argument in a functioning and operational sort of way over time because our systems hold together, because we are committed to making sure that the rules work and that folks play by the rules because we have a respect and a trust for one another. When that trust dissolves, then our presence in the institutions, then our activities in democracy become less about preserving the integrity of our institutions, less about preserving the culture that we continue to dialogue with, uh, with each other through over time and more and becomes more about how can I use the machinery of the state to undermine my, my opponent, even if I have to bend the rules? How can I use my megaphone through the media uh, to smash and destroy my political opponents, regardless of whether or not I have to take shortcuts in terms of how I present the facts or how I make my arguments? Um, we start to look at success in political and public life Surely in terms of achieving tribal victory with no sense of what an overarching interest in the general welfare actually is. 
because we don't see the other side as a part of uh, as a part of the general welfare. We are looking to push them out of our reality, forgetting the fact that that is literally impossible unless we descend into a violent sort of civil war. And that therefore is where that logic ultimately goes and it's in its bottom most sort of manifestation. And you know, I don't think that we're we're there yet, but obviously on the other hand, you know, political violence has become a fact of American life in this moment in a way that it, it wasn't when I was a kid in, in, in the 90s. And, you know, obviously, you know, can think of Waco, can think of, you know, can think of Unabomber, I mean, terror, you know, there were all sorts of things even then, but we are seeing a disintegration um, of the bonds of trust in America. And what is replacing that is a willingness to go beyond the mechanisms that democratic society has in place, that our republic has in place for us to mediate differences and to move forward on the basis of compromise. Because we do not see ourselves as loyal opposition anymore so much as we do as enemies who happen to live next door to each other. And in order to impact that problem, we have to rehabilitate our understanding that there are deeper things, deeper values, deeper interests that we share as human beings, and that the recognition of that becomes activated when we are in relationship with each other and can feel what the other person feels uh, in a way that allows us to speak to what the other person is feeling. So it goes all the way to the bottom. Um, we have to start from the ground level in terms of how we interact with each other, how we think about each other. And uh, that's where the work of Braver Angels begins. As I'm listening to you speak, John, I'm thinking about, in a theoretical sense, I don't think anybody listening to what you just said has any difficulty with the conceptual view of what you're speaking about. And yet, when you take it to a specific, was the election stolen? Did Trump incite the violence justifying an impeachment? As soon as you start talking about specific events and the way people filter things and the way they talk about them, the perspective that you just shared, which is hopefully something all of us can embrace, mm -hmm. kind of it, it sort of goes into the background. And the foreground is like, you know, this rush to the media, whether social media or particular networks, whether you're watching Fox or Newsmax now, I guess, or C uh, MSNBC or CNN, or, or even the major networks, ABC, CBS, and so forth. I think you, you get your full dose of one way of looking at things. Mm -hmm. And I've actually been in the going to the Central Texas uh, Braver Angels meetings on, on how to influence the media, how, how to get the media to, to, to be more appropriate. And to, I remember years ago, we used to think of on the front page, you got the news. Somewhere in sort of the 13th or 14th page, you see the editorial page. But now the whole paper seems like it's an editorial page. <laughs> it does. And you, yeah. you know, you get you get things without facts, like anonymous sources taking front, you know, the, the space on the front uh, on the front of major newspapers. And and all of a sudden you you kind of like get inundated, and it's hard to step back and want to be rational, engage in civil discourse. And yet I think I want to I want to say this to everybody listening: Brave Angel seems to get that right. Now, I don't know, I'm hoping it can spread, and that's partly why I'm having you on. So mm -hmm. wh why do you think Braver Angels gets it right when it's so hard for so many to get past mm -hmm. the inundated uh, you know, views that are pushed on them from all these different sources? Mm. 
Well, I do think that we do a great job at Brave Rangers. It's not to say that every single workshop uh, and every single event produces a transformative experience for everybody who participates. You know, we do have people who walk away from our events and from our activities disappointed sometimes. And indeed, different contexts are more and less difficult uh, than others. But overall, I think that the reason we've been so successful is because we set an expectation for people coming into our events that says that, first of all, it is okay for you to come as you are, like church, right? Um, <laughs> the idea with church is that, you know, you tell folks, hey, hey, come as you are, and, you know, but you receive the gospel, and hopefully, you know, your life will be changed and, and so forth and in a positive kind of, positive kind of way. This is terribly dissimilar. Uh, we don't draw hard and fast lines, and we get criticized for this, but we don't draw hard and fast lines certainly with respect to who's able to come and participate in our mediational sorts of activities. Um, we don't draw hard and fast lines with respect to what somebody believes, you know, not just whether or not they're Republican or Democrat, but whether you're sort of, you know, a, a, a radical leftist who'd like to, you know, see, uh, see you know, the private economy abolished, or if you're somebody who's, well, this is to say you believe in QAnon or something, or something that's, you know, going to be pretty far out there to most of us like that, you are still invited to come and participate in a Braver Angels workshop and share, you know, who you are and why you believe what you believe. So it's a space for people, to be honest. Now, it can be challenging being the presence of people whose beliefs and perspectives are so sort of wildly out of sync with your own that you might think, you know, goodness gracious. I mean, you know, if, if views like this wind up, you know, wind up steering things and in our country, where are we going? Where are we going to be? But in peeling back the layer and giving people an opportunity to speak from the vantage point of their own lived experience for the benefit of other people to observe, you do find yourself in the position of a being able to experience, you know, the the I think sort of therapeutically valuable exercise of being able to share the 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 truth as you see it with folks who generally aren't going to see it the way you do but who are in a posture of listening while also equipping yourself in reciprocating that listening to developing a deeper understanding within yourself of again sort of where these people are really coming from past the stereotypes and how you can actually set about communicating with those individuals when you have to because now you have a window into this right and, you know, you get to see the diversity of experiences that accompany our different views. So, you know, you may have somebody who believes in QAnon and you might think, oh, okay, these are all people who are wackos living in their mother's basements or whatnot. Um, but, you know, part of what you might discover is that, oh, you know, this person is a plumber who might have been working in my house recently, or this is somebody who may be in my neighborhood or something like that. This is somebody who might be from the town that I'm from, somebody who might have listened to the music that I listened to growing up and shared a couple of the same heroes, and yet this person has gone off this other sort of philosophical path. In a one-to-one -one sort of context, if I realize that there are, you know, 17 points of connection between me and somebody who's got a point of view that I consider dangerous, suddenly if, if our basis for communicating goes beyond, and I'm using the extreme example with the QAnon piece, so you can, sub, you can swap that out for more, you know, generic examples. But if suddenly we've got 17 points of connection, where originally the only, the only basis for our dialogue is the one thing, one, this big thing that we disagree about, 
then suddenly I can leverage all of these other points to establish a context of trust between us. So that even if, you know, this individual, you know, is, 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 is just in another universe in terms of how they see the facts as presented, you know, by the media and so on and so forth, um, how they see the facts, factual reality of our politics, I nevertheless can establish a context that says, you know, you, you can now see me as somebody who is not your enemy. We have a basis of trust. And now that we have a basis of trust, you know, let's see if we can't go a little further in understanding what reality is. And it's at that point that we can begin to challenge each other in constructive matters so that we can hear what each other are saying and we can begin the work of redeveloping something of a shared epistemology. Now that's going deep, and it's not going to happen in every workshop uh, to to the same to the same extent. You know, every every pairing of individuals is not going to produce that sort of outcome, but it does happen reliably to a certain to a certain degree when you bring people together in the right context. Sometimes people are very much transformed by it and find themselves arriving at a more balanced sort of first a more balanced sort of view of who the people are on the other side of the aisle, and then from that a more sort of humanized understanding of why these people believe what they believe, and then finally self-reflection. Okay, is it possible that good people, reasonable people, intelligent people, uh, believing something that is at odds with what I believe suggests that there's some reason for me to reflect on the things I believe and why, you know? You need to be able to have that, 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 that part of the journey is there. And there needs to be a road that ultimately sort of leads to that for some folks, you know, if society, broadly speaking, is going to going to move forward. But I guess the one one final thing I'd add to this is just to say that it's a victory every step of the way. So again, even if a person doesn't find themselves totally transformed in their worldview or their perspective, arriving at a place of greater trust with your neighbors who you disagree with is enough to begin to stabilize the culture of our politics and the working of our institutions. And so every every step on that road there is, is a victory for, for democracy um, and our republic in our estimation. So that's really interesting. You know, one of the things that um, years ago when I was learning about Carl Rogers, I used to be a therapist and Carl Rogers would talk about the importance of being empathetic to another person as you're gonna be helpful to somebody else as a therapist, as a counselor of some kind, um, you really have to understand through their frame of reference, you have to see through their eyes what they're saying. But the very scary thing he said about being empathetic is that you begin to identify with how they felt and what their arguments are that are so foreign perhaps to what you believed when you first get into the relationship and uh, you, it may cause you panic at some at some level because your beliefs that you've held for so long, looking through this other frame, all of a sudden they don't seem so stable anymore. They don't seem so absolute. And now you're being challenged to, as you started to say, I think for a moment ago, you know, your own beliefs come into question somewhat because if I do have some trust in this other person, if I do think this other person is smart too, and they've got some very different beliefs, then do I just go in waiting for them to finish so I can tell them why they're wrong? Or do I really listen to try to understand why they could possibly be right? And that's scary to a lot of people. So one of the things that strikes me about Braver Angels, just to ask you the question is, um, I think with some people who are coming to Braver Angels, they're at least open to the idea that they wanna to listen to the other side. Where in some of my conversations with people, it's very clear 
they really have very little interest in knowing mm -hmm. that there's a reason that they should value an opinion that's so different than theirs in this political world that we're living in today. And I should have I should have made the statement that that is the one hard line that we draw for participation in our activities and events. You do have to be coming from a place of good faith, ultimately. You know, um, if you're not, if you if you want to sort of jump in the mix just to upend it, then there's there's not too much to be done with somebody who comes into a conversation in that frame of mind, right? Um, but again, I mean, you know, what we discover is that there are people of good faith who believe things that range out across the whole sort of universe of points of view, you know? And so we, and, and this, this leads me to something else that's vital to communicate, because you mentioned the fact that in general, uh, folks listening to us right now, folks listening to, to this show are likely going to be sympathetic to the sort of idea of you know, the larger notion that rehabilitating our relationships in America is going to be good for our democratic society, but that when it comes to particular impasses, you know, um, some of us, you know, believe that what we witnessed was a, you know, free and fair election as attested to by our authorities across the spectrum of, you know, American institutional life, generally speaking, in a bipartisan fashion, but other folks uh, believe we've witnessed a, a theft of, of nice. our free and fair election on the grandest possible scale, uh, just a historic uh, offense and travesty uh, to the integrity of our republic and something that must be resisted. Um, so how do, you, how do you build that bridge? And the thing that we have to keep in mind, because many folks will operate on the assumption or they'll, they'll look at what we do and they will say, but wait a second, I can't take the time to build understanding with these people because I have to defeat these people, right? You know, America is in danger right now. The thing that we have to recognize is that there are two projects, really, that we all must be engaged in at all times. There's a tension between them, but there's no contradiction between them. And those two projects are on the one hand, pursuing your political objectives, standing up and being of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. violence, uh, particularly in the Kingian tradition, the tradition of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. violence, uh, particularly in the Kingian tradition, the tradition of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and uh, particularly in the Kingian tradition, the tradition of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and uh, particularly in the Kingian tradition, the tradition of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and uh, particularly in the Kingian tradition, the tradition of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and much, uh, particularly in the Kingian tradition, the tradition of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and much of that, particularly in the Kingian tradition, the tradition of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and much of that, particularly in the Kingian tradition, the tradition of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and much of that, particularly in the Kingian tradition, the tradition of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and much of that thinking is uh, influential within Braver Angels and certainly certainly in my work, in my point of view. And you know, what nonviolence teaches us is that ultimately, well, nonviolence teaches that love is a, love is a social value. And uh, King referred to agape love, which you can translate as goodwill, not a love of affection, not a love, not a romantic love, a love of liking people exactly but a desire to see the larger good happen for everyone, even for your opponents. Um, Dr. King taught 
a mode of social activism and, and, and civic uh, and, and even democratic engagement that focused on emphasizing the dignity even of folks who are standing firmly uh, in the way of justice as a means of signaling to those individuals that ultimately you are not our enemy. You are not somebody we want to humiliate or defeat in any sort of a personal sort of way. But ultimately, we speak the truth we, of what we believe. We advocate for the changes we want to see because we want to create a better society for everyone, a community of, in, a community of inclusion for everyone, including you, right? Even though we disagree with each other and even though we are challenging you fiercely and on a moral level even, the outcome we seek is for our enemies to join hands with us uh, in the beloved community. Right, um, which is you know a, a phrase that that King um, <clears throat> leaned heavily upon, and so you know it, there, again there there's a tension there, you know, and Dr. King spoke to that tension. Uh, he talked about in Scripture how you know he was very uh, how the Lord said to love your enemies. He said, "I'm very glad the Lord said not to like my enemies. I would find it <laughs> I would find it difficult to you know like uh, like somebody who would be willing to you know." willing to willing to club me willing to you know hit me with a spray me with a fire hose find it difficult to like folks like bull connor for instance and you know um and um and um many others but love goes beyond that love is about goodwill and being able to frame our activism in that way brings moral power alongside it and um we, we conduct our work in what in many respects is kind of a, sort of a parallel manner, emphasizing the need think, uh, both about Brave Angels and No Labels. Together. So as I, as I listen to you, I think uh, both about Brave Angels and No Labels. Together. So as I, as I listen to you, I think uh, both about Brave Angels and No Labels. And so as I, as I listen to you, I think uh, both about Brave Angels and No Labels. And as I so as I as I listen to you, I think uh, both about brave angels and no labels. And as I think, so as I as I listen to you, I think uh, both about brave angels and no labels. And as I think about, so as I as I listen to you, I think uh, both about brave angels and no labels. And as I think about, so as I as I listen to you, I think uh, both about brave angels and no labels. And as I think about no labels and what again what they've created this in this problem solves caucus. We've had a number of these representatives from the House of Representatives who are in this caucus. Uh, come before the steering committee and, and several other groups are, are no labels volunteers. And when they talk about their experience of working together, it echoes much of what you're saying, I think, John, where, where they have a sense of we are avid, um, avid supporters of our party when our party is avid supporters of the country. And what we do is when we come together, we both strongly uh, advocate for our positions from our party, but we're listening deeply to one another for really what's the best version of people just shut down other people who pins are, you know, can we talk at all? Because I've seen people just shut down other people who pins are, you know, can we talk with a concern? He at one time was very concerned about the idea that a person with a consistent, he at one time was very concerned. Part to our ability to build bridges in the context of resolving uh, being essential sort of, we look at a willingness to engage folks in good faith on the other side of certain questions and so forth, who look at a willingness to, if you will, right. um, 
And so uh, the term braver came out to selling out, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, the term braver came in selling out for angels as well. There are a number of, there, there are a wide range of experience coming into braver angels as well. There are no are rooted in developing our skills and character that that are rooted in developing our skills and characters that that are rooted in persuasions, but also other folks who think the way we we do politically, but who are of differing political persuasions, but also other folks who think the way we we do politically, but who are committed to political persuasions, but also other traditions and and. Um, larger sort of regularizing rituals and traditions and and um, larger sort of regularized coming rituals and traditions and so virtually and of course you know the virtual side of things is accelerating in person and also virtually and of course you know the virtual side of things is accelerated giving lockdown and also a depolarizing within workshop uh, it is a workshop in something called a depolarizing with our internal disposition, our own sort of inner attitude towards in on our internal disposition, our own sort of inner attitude towards folks on the other side, on our reflect upon in yourself about that, that sort of points you to, to ask and reflect upon in yourself about that, that sort of points you to sort of ask and reflect upon in your typical uh, terms. Or do I, and do I think about the straw in purely stereotypical uh, terms? Or do I, and do I think about the straw man versions of purely stereotypes who, pre who present uh, more sophisticated or more thought through people in mind who, pre who present uh, more sophisticated or more thought through kind of in mind who, pre who present when I think of Republicans or when I think of Democrats? Do I psychologically, when I think of Republicans or when I think of Democrats, do I have a caricature ecologically agree with, but that I can ground in an awning and human perspective that I may disagree people uh, of where people are actually coming from within this understanding of what people, uh, of where people are actually coming from within this kind of standing of what shop that focuses in on giving people for bridging the divide workshop that focuses in on giving people the, the divide workshop that thought things like the importance of I statements as opposed to truth statements. And so you'll learn about things like the importance of I statements as opposed to truth statements. When people, you'll learn Donald Trump is the best president for the economy that we've ever had. Or it's a fact, it's, it's a fact that Donald Trump is the best president for the economy that we've ever had. Or it's a fact that, you know, it's a fact board as just a raw fact, even if it is a fact, even if it just, when I mean, you put things forward as just a raw fact, even if it is a fact, even if it just so happens that put things forward collaboratively and therefore being available to learn because they're engaging in Congress, frame things in a way so as to say, well, you know, in, in, in able to listen. But when we frame things in a way so as to say, well, you know, in, in, in my opinion, but when, in my experience, in my experience, uh, Barack Obama did things that, well, you know, I, I in my ex, in my experience, uh, Barack Obama did things that really made, well, you know, I, I suddenly we are implicitly acknowledging, this is why I say that, suddenly we are implicitly acknowledging, I say that, see, the thing is, Chuck, if I engage you from a place of humility uh, in ourselves, see, the thing is, Chuck, 
if I engage you from a place of humility, if I act ourselves, humble in my interactions with Chuck Wolf, what that is going to suggest to you is that I have a certain result in my interactions with Chuck Wolf. What that is going to suggest to you is that I have a certain yours by basis of the fact that, you know, I'm right and you're left or vice versa, be superior to yours by basis of the fact that, you know, I'm right and you're left or vice versa or what superior to you. And that invites you uh, into a more comfortable posture in the conversation, degree of respect. And that invites you uh, into a more comfortable posture in the conversation. And so of respect, things like that in our depolarizing within workshop, the posture in the conversation. And so you learn about things like that in our depolarizing within workshop, we have posture in the conversation. And so you learn about the other where we take is a, that is a, uh, that is a coming together where we take is a, that is a, that is a coming to, uh, not to argue and debate about politics, but to speak from the vantage point, sorry, sort of in-house lingo, uh, not to argue and debate about politics, but to speak from the vantage point, sort of in-house lingo, marriage counseling techniques to the relationships between <laughs> liberals and conservatives, Early, the application of marriage counseling techniques to the relationships between <laughs> liberals and conservatives, it's application of, and uh, in that uh, experience, you'd, f you'd find yourself, and so forth, and uh, in that uh, experience, you'd, f you'd find yourself, uh, and so forth, process of compiling a list of all different room with a different moderator. The moderator leads them through the process of compiling a list of all the room with a different moderator, the mutt list. They talk amongst themselves in terms of why they think these stereotypes are, uh, they compile that list. They talk amongst themselves in terms of why they think these stereotypes are wrong. They compile that on. And so with the Reds, with Republican Colonel, truth to any of the stereotypes that they can also reflect. There's generally a list that it almost always starts with racism. Um, it may also include things like, you know, uh, hate, hates the is racist at the very top. Science. Uh, include things like, you know, uh, hate, hates the poor, anti-science. Uh, include things like, you know, uh, hate hates the poor, anti-science, um, you know, um, uh, gun nuts, etc. And for the blue-eyes, um, you know, um, uh, gun nuts, etc. And for the blue-eyes, uh, are anti-American. We want something that may start with, you know, oh, they say we, you know, we hate America or anti-American. We want the thing that may start with, you know, oh, they say we, you know, we hate America. Um, you know, we, we hate religion, hate God, et cetera, et cetera, state. Um, you know, we, we hate religion, hate God, et cetera, et cetera, hate state in terms of, you know, why they, why they feel these stereotypes. And each side will come together. They'll give their own presentations in terms of, you know, why they, why they feel these stereotypes. And each side will come together. They'll give their own presentations. Reds will say things like, you know, um, we are not, we are not racist, conservative truth. Reds will say things like, you know, um, we are not, we are not racist, conservative truth, vote Republican who come into our camps. At the same time, we do recognize that there are racist people who vote Republican who come into our camps. At the same time, we do recognize that there are racist people who party. And, you know, frequently blues will say, look, we are patriots. We are people who love America. We party. And, you know, frequently blues will say, look, we are patriots. We are people who love America. We are folks whose criticism maybe does turn into 
turn critical of America because we love it, but there's some folks whose criticism maybe does turn into turn into critical of America because we love it, but there's some those folks to start thinking about it perhaps a little bit little bit differently, or that doesn't that doesn't reflect those folks to start thinking about it perhaps a little bit little bit differently, or that doesn't that doesn't reflect there most of us, and so there are um, this is the type of reflection that that brings to bear most of us, and so. There are, um, this is the type of reflection that, that brings the community to challenge each other on issues, but in a communal for angels debate program, gives us an opportunity to challenge each other on issues, but in a communal for angels debate program, gives us an opportunity. To what really holds our community together is that people participate in these, of these activities. They have to, really holds our community together is that people participate in these, of these activities witnessed, um, uh, just, just, just recently, member calls like the event that you witnessed. Um, uh, just, just, just recently, the member calls like the event that you people on that call. But many of those folks are also members, uh, and um, that was sort of a. We had new people on that call, but many of those folks are also members, uh, and um, that was sort of a special new people. Hundreds of folks, if not thousands, uh, at, at in, a, in a community of Braver Angels together. Hundreds of folks, if not not the case this past year because of COVID, but in 2000, uh, we this was uh, not the case this past year because of COVID, but in 2008, uh, we this was uh, national conventions. The first one was at um, the first one was, was at uh, Eastern Mennonite University national conventions. The first one was at um, the first one was, was at we participate together in drafting and folks from the left and the right, hundreds of people, and participate together in drafting and, and ratifying our bravery to do in the area of academia, media, part of uh, uh, government agreed to do in the area of academia, media, part of uh, uh, government reunion and how bravery at work across party lines, vision casting uh, a more perfect union and how bravery work across party lines, vision casting uh, a more perfect people, these sort of, you know, these experiences where we kind of get, and so, you know, when you couple these sort of, you know, these experiences where we kind of get, so, you know, when you come musical content, um, you know, then suddenly, you know, cool concerts, we have musical content, um, you know, then suddenly, you know, concerts, we have a community and democratic interaction for the larger community of the United States, right? Model uh, community and democratic interaction for the larger community of the United States, right? Full of angels and, uh, you know, experience coming in and being a part of, of Braver Angels and, uh, you know, experience coming in and being a part of, of Braver Well, as I mentioned earlier, John, listening to you and, and talking about Braver Angels, it seems to me, well, as I mentioned earlier, John, listening to you and, and talking about Braver Angels, it seems to me with like-minded individuals who don't agree with to feel like they want a chance to talk with like-minded individuals who don't agree with them feel like they want a chance to talk that exists and, and isn't being critical, but, but seeking to understand and exist and, and isn't being critical, but, but seeking to understand. Affiliation, it's just going to be, it's just going to, it's just going to lead to more, um, or the party affiliation, it's just going to be, it's just going to, it's just going to lead to more, um, or the party affiliation and friendships across party lines and hopefully across family lines and, and in friendships across party lines and hopefully across family lines and, and, and what we're talking about today, John, I mentioned to you earlier that I'd like to just say to people that are interested in, in what we're talking about today, John, 
I mentioned to you earlier that I'd like to just say to people that are interested in Connecticut, New Jersey, and New York who, are, who, who have been volunteers for No Labels for a number of years, Connecticut, New Jersey, and New York who, are, who, who have been volunteers for No Labels for a number of years, and we're looking to bring the groups together. We think No Labels and volunteers for Brave Angels for a number of years, and we're looking to bring the groups together. We think No Label and volunteers for Brave Angels for a number of years, and with the bike, been fantastic and remarkable in what she's achieved with this Problem Solvers Caucus. And with the bike, fantastic and remarkable in what she's achieved with this Problem Solvers Caucus and of the people from the Problem Solvers Caucus. So two houses getting us both aisles coming together with a number of the people from the Problem Solvers Caucus. So two houses getting to both aisles coming together with a number moving in that direction. Generate the, what's in the best interest of the country. I mean, it's remarkable that we're moving in that direction. Generate the what's in the best interest of the country. I mean, it's remarkable that we're those that you're helping the entire country to build. And they cultivated themselves a lot of the skills that you're helping the entire country to build. And they cultivated themselves a lot of the skills pretty, pretty rapidly. And, and we, we see some synergy in trying to bring the organizations together. Um, if anybody pretty rapidly in, and we, we see some synergy in trying to bring the organizations together. Uh, what's the best way for somebody to do that? Well, you can just find us at our website. Get connected to Braver Angels. John, what's the best way for somebody to do that? Well, you can just find us at our website. Connected to Braver Angels. John, what volunteer positions and some of the different activities, sorts of ways to get involved. Um, I didn't get to talk about our volunteer positions and some of the different activities, sorts of ways to get involved. Um, I didn't get to talk about our step into, but you can find all of that information on the website. And you can also positions of leadership that people can step into, but you can find all of that information on the website. And you can also follow leadership that people can follow me at John R. We're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all of that. Uh, and you can follow me at John R. Woods on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all of that. Uh, and you can follow that. But you can start with the website, braverangels.org. Facebook too, and, and all of that. But you can start with the website, braverangels.org. And to... And, and I'll recommend it first talking about, I did, you did say there's certain thing that you might want to do first, but is there a recommended first step about, I did, you did say there's certain thing that you might want to do first, but is there a recommendation? I mean, I guess as, as I'm thinking about who's out there listening and how they're where to get some exposure, as, I mean, I guess as, as I'm thinking about who's out there listening and how they're feeling, I get some exposure. And what I'm, uh, you know, speculating is that there's some people thinking how they're feeling. Here's, here's what I'm, there's a group. Uh, you know, much, much of, much of their time yet, but they're interested. And then there's a group of, uh, you know, much, much of, much of their time yet, but they're interested. And then there's a group out there that says, this sounds pretty good to me. Uh, how do I get involved? And then there's a group that says, I want, and then there's a group out there that says, this sounds pretty good to me. Uh, how do I get involved? And then there's a group that says, I want, and then I didn't know you existed. And now, you know, I, I mean, this, I've been, I've been waiting to hear about a place like this. I didn't know you existed. And now I, you know, I, I mean, this, I've been, I've been waiting to hear about a place like this. I didn't know you existed in a community where people have respectful civil discourse and because nobody's listening to each other. And I want to be part of the community where people have respectful civil discourse with one because nobody's listening to each other. And I want to be part of different groupings. What, what do you recommend for the different groups? Yeah, sure. Well, if you just want to sort of keep in groupings, what, what do you recommend for the different groups? Yeah, sure what our work is about and kind of what, what it all feels like. You can subscribe to our newsletter. If kind of what our work is about and kind of what, what it all feels like, you can subscribe to our newsletter. If you can just scroll down below that uh, and uh, sign up, we'll have the opportunity to join as a member, but you can also scroll down below that uh, and uh, sign up for the opportunity to join as a member, but you can also 
Uh, you'll get to listen to uh, some of our Brave Rangers podcast episodes, see some of our videos, see some uh, you'll get to listen to uh, some of our Brave Rangers podcast episodes, see some of our videos Saturday, which uh, some folks enjoy reading. And so that's one newsletter that comes out every uh, every Saturday, which uh, some folks enjoy reading. And so that's one newsletter that comes out every uh, every spin to the pool. Uh, join us as a member and we will reach out to you after that with some volunteers to the deep end of the pool. Uh, join us as a member and we will reach out to you after that with some volunteer. Our deep starts with knocking on the door. So I encourage folks to do so. Um, but, you know, just it just starts with knocking on the door. So I encourage folks to do so. Well, um, but, you know, just it just and perhaps even to take thing in our country today and that you are interested enough to at least learn more and perhaps even to take a deep in our country today and that you are interested enough to at least learn more information that you've been uh, told about today. And I want to thank John for being our guest today at some of this uh, information that you've been uh, told about today. And I want to thank John for being our guest today. Really, some of this uh, information. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. 
Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll do more together. Thank you, Chuck. It was a lot of fun. Thanks.